Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 35. Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 35. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but seventy-seven times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged. I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him canceled the debt, and let him go. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me, and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt off. When the other servants saw that, what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or your sister from your heart. There you go. Good morning, everyone. I missed you guys a lot. We've been on holidays for a while, and we're uh, so glad to be back. This morning, we are going to uh, continue on with our sermon series on overcoming daily challenges. So far, we have seen several challenges that we face on an everyday basis that we struggle with. For instance, we've seen um, things uh, concerning our struggle with patience, anger, worry, and our inability or sometimes difficulty to prioritize. And related to our uh, uh, making priorities and setting priorities, sometimes we find it difficult and it's quite a challenge to spend time in fellowship with one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. Perhaps the reason is because we fail to make time for it or partly also because we fail to see the importance of fellowship in our lives. Last week, Sean reminded us once again about the importance of fellowship, that we need it so that we can build our family life together, our family, uh, our, our church body together. 
And also we need fellowship so that we can actually overcome our daily challenges because we know that we can't do it on our own. This morning, what I would like to talk to you about is another challenge that we face on an everyday basis. Many people, uh, for the most part, face this challenge several times during the day. This is quite a struggle for many because it goes against the grain of society today. It is a challenge for many because it is contrary to our very nature as human beings. This morning, what I would like to talk to you about is the subject of forgiving others. See, for, for many of us here, if not all of us, we all understand and agree that God, through Christ, has forgiven us of our sins. And we also understand that this forgiveness we extend to those around us. Now you're probably sitting there and you're going, yes, we all know that, Jay. So what now? What can we talk about this morning that we don't already know? Yeah, this is, this is really my struggle as a, as a preacher, I guess, right? You're probably thinking, why should I sit here and listen to you? We all know this, Jay. We all know about forgiveness. That is true. We are convinced that we are probably experts at the topic of forgiveness. But being knowledgeable about forgiveness and actually forgiving others are two different things. Do you guys agree? I mean, at some point in our lives, we have been grieved by someone, or we, we have been wronged by someone somewhere, right? It could be perhaps a neighbor, for example, who failed to respect our property. Or it could be a teacher who humiliated us in front of our friends. Or a business partner who cost us a lot of money. Or maybe it's a friend who broke our heart. Or who betrayed our trust. Or maybe a child who took advantage of our love. Or maybe even a parent who cost us untold emotional and physical grief. Whatever it is, we have been there. But knowing about forgiveness and actually being in a situation where you actually have to forgive are two different things. So this morning, what I want to talk to you about specifically, about forgiveness, is cultivating a forgiving heart. My objective this morning is to make our hearts become prepared to actually forgive, to be willing and ready to forgive when the need arises. This is where the rubber meets the road. This morning, we're going to ask two questions. Why and how? Why forgive? Why, as Christians, do we need to forgive? And the second one is similar to that. How can I actually cultivate a forgiving heart? A heart that is willing and ready to forgive. Not just understand that forgiveness is good, but actually know that this is the best way to move forward. So, first question. Why? Why do we forgive as the people of God? This morning, I would like to give you two reasons why we forgive. The first reason 
is seen in our scripture reading this morning. Thank you, Joe, for reading that. That's a long scripture reading, but Joe said, no scripture reading is too long for me. So it was good. Matthew 18, 21 and 22. This is the first two verses of our passage this morning. And it starts with Peter asking Jesus a simple question. It reads, Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Very simple question. Peter asks, how often should I forgive someone? See, back then, in the time of Jesus, the rabbis or the teachers of the law taught that each person can be forgiven three times. That's the going rate. That was understood back then. Even many Jewish people today subscribe to that. That is the teaching. Three times I'll forgive you. I'll forgive Amir three times and that's it. Sorry, Amir, because you're in my line of sight there. You're going to be my example from now on, I guess. Three times I'm going to have to forgive Amir. So when Peter asked this question, and he also answered his own question with seven times, He was probably thinking, Jesus, look at me. I am taking the rabbinical teaching of three times. I am doubling it, and I'm adding one for good measure. He he wanted to appear, I guess, magnanimous in front of Jesus, appearing to be more gracious and, 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 uh, and generous than most people in that area back in that day. But here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, not seven times, not seven times, up to 70 times seven. Now, Jesus is not saying, I have to keep tabs on Amir. Amir, you only have 490 times that you can sin against me, right? After that, 398, or sorry, 470, 469, I'm going to have to tell you, right? But you have... Uh, Jesus says, forgiveness knows no bounds. It knows no limits. The first reason why we need to forgive is because Jesus, uh, it's important for Jesus, for his disciples to forgive. He tells us to forgive liberally. You're probably cringing, right? I just sit there. No, you can't. There's got to be something. There's none. That's what he says. It's important for Jesus that we forgive because forgiveness is the only way to freedom. You know, we said earlier, all of us have been wronged by someone somewhere along the way. Unintentionally or intentionally. But when somebody does something wrong against us, we have to make a choice. One of two things that we can do. It's either we forgive them or we do not forgive them. The first choice, forgiving, is the best choice. It's the one that frees us from the burden of hurt. When we hurt, forgiveness is the first way that will help us stop hurting. But for the most part, this is what happens. I don't know why. But we don't choose option A. We choose option B, the hard part. We choose not to forgive. Why is that? Well, I have some theories. Well, you understand. Because 
we have many misconceptions about forgiveness. That's why we don't forgive. I'll give some examples. First, I'll say, well, Amir did something really bad against me. It was so horrible. It hurt me so bad that I can't forgive him because I can't excuse him for what he did. But that, ex- but that is exactly what forgiveness is. Because I think sometimes we have that misconception because sometimes we are taught from a young age that when we forgive somebody, we have to say, oh, it's okay, it's okay, You're, it's okay. But no, forgiveness is not like that. If it's okay, it means there is nothing to forgive. But forgiveness is this. I acknowledge that Amir has done something horrible against me. And I acknowledge that it hurt me so bad. That is why I forgive him. That's forgiveness. But another misconception is this. Well, Amir has not told me he's sorry. Or I've never seen anything changed in terms of his behavior. So I'm not going to forgive him. See, many, many times when people do something bad against us, it's because they don't know any better. They have no clue that they have done it. See, I could be stewing in my hurt and in my hate and in my unforgiveness against Amir while he's holidaying in Egypt. And he would not know any better. And I'm waiting for him to say sorry to me and he didn't even know that he offended me it doesn't make sense see one of the things that we that, that, that uh, we misconceive about uh, forgiveness is if Amir did something bad to me I'm thinking I can't forgive him because I forgive him then Jesus is going to forgive him God is going to forgive him two different things in a way only God can forgive only God can erase your sin When I forgive Amir, he still has to deal with that sin between him and God. I have no power. None of us have any power to cancel sins. When we forgive, who do you think is the number one person that benefits first and foremost? That's right. The locks are going ourselves. When I forgive Amir... I'm not doing it for him. I'm doing it for me first. You've probably heard me say this before. I'm going to say it again. Not forgiving is like drinking poison and hoping that Amir dies. That doesn't make sense, does it? Because if I drink the poison, I will die. That's unforgiveness in our hearts. Because unforgiveness leads to all sorts of bad things. Like malicious thoughts, anger, hate, bitterness. Have you ever been so upset at somebody and you don't want to forgive them? You are reticent to forgive because they have done something so bad against you that when you lie in bed, you stay awake, you stare at the ceiling you're concocting all sorts of different ways to like kill them in your mind. I have done that. And I'm telling you, 
it affected my relationship with my wife. It affected my relationship with the people around me, with people at work. It affected my relationship with God. And that is the second reason why we need to forgive. The second reason why we need to forgive is found in Matthew 6, 14 to 15. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. See, I love the Bible because for the most part, it's really simple, simple to understand. This is one of those passage, passages that are really easy to understand. You don't need to have any degree or any schooling done to be able to understand that. You don't even have to know how to read to understand that. You just need to hear it. When you forgive, you will also receive mercy and be forgiven. But if you don't, you will not be forgiven. That affects our relationship with our Heavenly Father. Why do we need to forgive? Because it is important to Jesus. Because forgiveness is the one that sets us free of all the hate and the hurt. That's how we start the healing process. And if we hold on to the hurt and the hate, then we will not forgive. That's not good. And number two, it helps us in our relationship with God. If we desire to be forgiven, we also need to forgive first. Okay? But we already understand that. We already know that, right? This is just a primer. This is just a reminder for most of us, for all of us. The question now is, how do I actually have a heart that is willing and able to forgive? Well, the rest of our scripture reading this morning, Jesus tells us a parable. The parable of the unforgiving servant. And in that parable, Jesus gives us the first thing that we need to have in our attitude to be able to equip our hearts to forgive. The first important ingredient. So let's, 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 let's go to that right now. Let's, let's go to the parable. In Matthew chapter 18, verses 23 to, 25, to 35, beginning in verse 23. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. So our story, our parable starts with a powerful king who wished to get the finances of his kingdom in order. So he starts by collecting money from those who owed him. And according to verse 24, there is this servant who owed him 10,000 talents. You're probably thinking, what is 10,000 talents? Talents back then, today talents is like skills, right, and abilities. But back then, back then they are a unit of money. So this person, this slave, owed the king 10,000 talents. And according to verse 25, this individual, this servant, did not have the means to repay. So I want us to take a minute to really appreciate what 10,000 talents is. Because this is key in us cultivating that attitude of forgiveness in our hearts. Okay? 10,000 talents. 
So I looked it up. One talent is equivalent to 6,000 denarii. Denarii is the plural form of denarius. Do you guys remember what one denarius is in the scriptures? I know it's not like one of those uh, question and answer portion things. But answer in your mind. A denarius is a day's wage back then. A day's wage. One talent is equivalent to 6,000 days of work. Is your mind going now? 6,000 days of work. Now let's do the math. I'm not good at math. You probably know that already. Okay? I'm not good at math. I probably like messed up some math earlier on in this sermon already. Okay? You got, yeah, you did. I did. I was thinking about it too as I was saying it, but I couldn't. My, my head hurt. 10,000 times 6,000 is equivalent to 60 million denarii. 60 million days of work. No weekends. No holidays. Did I get it right? Give me a thumbs up. Did I get it right? Yes. Okay. No, nobody's like saying, oh, no, you got, got that wrong, Jay. Now, let's think about it in our, time, in, in our terms today. Okay? What is a day's, wor- a day's uh, worth of wages today? Let's start with the minimum wage. What's the minimum wage in Manitoba? 11.15 an hour. But I heard it's probably going to go up, I think, October 1st to 11.35. But for the sake of math, because I'm really not good at math, let's say $11 an hour. Okay? So if I worked today for eight hours, I would earn $88. Thank you for, thank you for confirming what I, what, what I think in my head is correct. $88. So $88 times 60 million, this is the least amount of 10,000 talents today. Can you guys say what that number is? Five what? Five billion, 280 million dollars. 5.2 billion. Can you guys say it with me? 5.2 billion. Do we understand how much that money is? Would you guys be, you, would you guys be happy with $100 right now? Yeah, yeah. yeah. $1,000? Yeah. Yeah. $10,000. $100,000. What kind of holiday that would be, hey? $100,000. How about a million dollars? A million dollars. Can you guys think of a million dollars? Like how big a pile would it be if it's $20? $20 bills? It's probably like this big, hey? Yeah? $20 bills, a million dollars. Probably that, maybe, you know, that wide and that tall. A million dollars. Imagine having a a hundred of these piles. A hundred million dollars. It's probably going to cover this whole auditorium. A hundred million. Think about this. Five thousand of those piles.
Can you think about that? This servant owed the king that much money. That is why the king said, eh, this guy can't pay, this guy can't pay for this. So I want him to be sold. Him and his wife. But back then, you know how much a, 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 a servant, a slave was going for? 30 pieces of silver. Depending on the scholar that you inquire, they would say today it's worth about a hundred to three thousand dollars today. Nine thousand dollars if they have like if, if the husband, the wife and a child doesn't even make a little dent with that particular debt. If you were the slave, what would you say to the king? I don't have the money. I can't do it. But look at what the slave said. Verse 26. So the slave fell to the ground and prostrated himself before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will repay you everything. You can't do that. You don't have $5.2 billion lying around. So what does the king do? This is what the king does. The Lord of that slave felt compassion and released him and forgave him the debt. That's like winning the lottery, except you have no money to show for. What an amazing gift. What an amazing act of mercy. And you're probably making the connections in your head. This is who we are in front of God. That's why we sing the song, He paid a debt he did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. I needed someone to wash my sins away. But you're probably thinking, well, $5.2 billion is not that big. There are people that are rich enough to be able to pay that money. Do you guys know who the richest person on earth is right now? The guy who owns Amazon, the richest online retail shop in the world. His name's Jeff Bezos. That's that's what he looks like. And that's his logo. I like that logo because it says, it has everything from A to Z. You see that arrow? I love it. It's brilliant. You know how much this guy is worth yesterday, as of yesterday? This is how much he was worth. I'm going to let it stew for for a second. Next month, he'll probably be $155 billion. Next month. He could pay his debt and still have $150 billion in his pocket. Probably thinking, how about that, Jay? How about that, Jesus? What's up with your parable? But remember, a denarius is a day's wage. It's more of a function of time than it is money. It's 6, 60 million days of Jeff Bezos' work. Regardless of how much he paid, he gets paid every day. What is 60 million days of work? I can't do the math. I just thought about it now. 
sorry, 160 years, probably? 160 years? Who has 160 years? No one. And this is working Sunday to Saturday, every day for the rest of your life, no holidays, no weekends. No one can pay that debt. But the story is not over yet. Look at verse 28. But that slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. How much is that today? With $88 a day. I I think $8,800. The other slave owed him $8,800. Compared to $5.2 billion, that's a little like spit in the bucket. This is what he does. He seized him and began to choke him, saying, pay back what you owe. So his fellow slave fell to the ground and began to plead with him, saying, have mercy, have patience with me and I will repay you. Have we heard that before? Yes, we have. That's the exact same plea that he made to his king. But how does he respond to that plea? This is what he does. He was unwilling and went and threw him in prison until he should pay back what he was owed. Doesn't that make you angry? Have you guys seen anything like that? And as if you do, like, if you did, how would it make you feel? You know, I, I, you know, we probably experienced this before. If you drive, you know, in, in, in Winnipeg, there's a lot of construction here, right? You drive, and then somebody wants to merge in front of you, right? And then, and then I let him go. And then I see that somebody wants to merge in front of that guy that I just let go. And what does that guy do? He doesn't let him go. He doesn't do it. He speeds up. So he's maybe he's thinking, oh, that guy behind you is going to let you go because he let me in. Doesn't that make your blood boil? Yeah, we, we looked at that, right? When we were angry, it means something bad happened. Remember that, right? Because something, Because it's not good, it's bad. We don't want to do that. Now look at what his fellow servants did when when he saw that exchange, when they saw that exchange. So when his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were deeply grieved and came and reported to their lord all that had happened. Then summoning him, his lord said to him, "So they were grieved. You see that they were deeply grieved." In the NIV, it says they were they were upset. Right, and this is what the lord did: "You wicked slave." I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you also not have had mercy on your fellow slave in the same way, the same way, or by the way, because he was not able to forgive, you know what the king called the servant? He called him wicked. Evil, because he could not forgive. Right? You make the connection there. He was called evil. Now, in the same way, he should have had mercy towards that servant that owed him a little bit of money. And his Lord, moved with anger, handed him over to the torturers until he should repay all that was owed him. 
my heavenly Father will also do the same to you. And I love this word right here. And the scriptures are replete with this particular tiny word. We see it everywhere. If each of you does not forgive his brother from your heart. Forgiveness. Yes, we know about forgiveness. But when it's time for us to actually forgive someone, are we also experts at that? Are our hearts willing and ready to forgive? That's the question. Now, I have, I have one more thing. I know you guys are all ready to go to lunch, but I have one more thing. I just want to seal the deal here. I want us to really appreciate what forgiveness looks like today. Okay? To that, I'll ask you a question. How many of you make your lunches every day? Raise your hands. How many of you do? I got to tell you something. I've been married for 17 years and have never prepared lunch for myself. You're probably thinking, I hate you, Jay. It's okay. I just have a really amazing wife, I guess, that wants to spoil me in that regard. But one of the things that I don't like is sweets. You guys know that about me. I don't, I, I don't do sweets. Even watermelon is too sweet for me. I don't eat it. But there's one thing that I have, like sometimes in my lunch that Linda makes for me. It's a treat. Peanut butter sandwiches. And I love it. I can't have too much of it because I, I get, it's too much. Okay, I'm going to show you a picture. This one right here. Sorry. This one right here. You're probably thinking, why are you showing me this? And what does this thing have to do with forgiveness? Look at that. It's beautiful. This is how, this is how I want my peanut butter sandwiches. No crusts. <laughs> Cut diagonally so it's triangles. Beautiful. You know, when I was looking at this, I was crying. Literally, I was crying when I was looking at this. Literally. I was overcome with emotion. Because what you don't know was what happened the night before this. The night before this, then then I had a fight. And I distinctly remember after the fact that I was particularly mean against her. I was. I was so mean. But then she forgave me. I had not asked her for forgiveness. I had not told her, I'm sorry. But she gave me a treat the next day. That is forgiveness right there. You know what? Why was the servant in our story not able to forgive? Do you know why? 
Because the servant failed to understand that he has been forgiven much. How do we cultivate a forgiving heart today? Remember that you and I have been forgiven much. Two things today that we need to be. We need to be forgiving. If you need to forgive someone today, do it right away. Do not wait. Give them a call, or if you can't call them, forgive them in your heart. Do not impugn anymore. Do not spend a day any longer stewing on that hurt. Forgive. Second is this. Have you been forgiven today? If you are sick and tired of the guilt in your hearts and in your minds, there is one individual who can help you with that. Jesus. He has paved the way for forgiveness. And today, you have the opportunity to grab a hold of that forgiveness in the waters of baptism as we stand and sing the song of invitation.